Blog Talk Radio. hands in the sky. Good evening. It's Tuesday, and it is time for another edition of The Ruckus. I'm your host, Deandra LaBeouf, creator of BadCulture.net. Thank you for tuning in. We have another great show lined up tonight. I'll be joined by my co-host, Ryan Vivitz, in just a moment. Joining us tonight at about 7.30, Devin Alexander, who will be fighting AmeriCon December 13th in Las Vegas at MGM. And also joining us, Mauricio Herrera, who will also be fighting December 13th, but at the Cosmo in Vegas, on the card to be broadcast on HBO. The Devin Alexander card, of course, will be on Showtime. We have a a lot to talk about with those gentlemen, as well as recapping the fight action from this past weekend with uh, Vladimir Klitschko, devastating fifth-round knockout over Kubrat Pulev, his mandatory. Uh, A lot of boxing news happening. The fight between Demetrius Andrade and Jamal Charlo is now off. We also have uh, more fights being named. Laura Smith has been finalized. Reportedly, Severn Wilder has been finalized. Andre Durrell has been out, added to the Stevenson card. And, of course, the big pay-per-view is happening this weekend in Pau, China, between Manny Pacquiao and Chris Algieri. You know, it's been talked about at nauseum. But as we get closer, the matchup becomes more compelling, especially after watching the Under the Lights program on HBO the other night hosted by Max Kellerman with uh, Tim Bradley, who was our guest last week, and Virgil Hunter. But we'll get into that during the course of the show. Maybe we'll get into it since, at the beginning since our, guest, our first guest is not until 7.30. But let me bring in our co-host, Ryan Bivens. I don't know if he's the dark cloud or the happy unicorn today. We'll see which one he is. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm... Um... I'm exhausted, but I'm in a good mood. Yeah, really? Okay, okay, so since you're in a good mood, let me ask you this. Let's talk about Vladimir Klitschko before we get in-depth into the programming. After winning against Kuvrat Pulev, that's why he was fully expected to win. Where does he rank now in the all-time listing of the great heavyweights? Well, I already rated him, I think, uh, I think it was number 20 before this fight. Um, I, I don't think I'd be able to push him up uh, just, just uh, you know, with the addition of, of, of this one in particular. But, yeah, I think he, he has a chance to, to finish in the top 15, I think. Who, who's left for him to elevate him into that position? Oh, yeah. Into the it's, top 15. It's, it's, right. It's, it, it wouldn't be about a name. It would just be the longevity. You know, if if he's just literally, you know, running through guys for like another five years before he retires, or actually ten years according to his plans, um, that would just be, you know, it, he would break all the, all the records there were for the division, and you know, you just you just have to, you know, give him credit for that because you know, no no matter you know, how bad uh, the heavyweight landscape is, because there have been bad heavyweight errors before, you know, none, and despite how great, you know, champions have been in the past, I mean, 
nobody lasts that long. So it would just be very freakish for, for Vlad to reign much longer than he already has. So now that we have, you know, I know you are very educated on all of these types of things. Has he run through all of his mandatories now? Has he taken care of all the mandatories he needed to face? Um, yeah, I think he, he his last three fights were mandatory. So um, who, whoever's next is, you know, kind of optional. And it looks like, you know, HBO is trying to set up something with Brian Jennings because, um, you know, they got a – they got a deal with um, Klitschko for like, uh, what, like three, three fights or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, Jennings is going to be waiting around a long time <laughs> to get that WBC title shot. So he might just say, man, let me just get this money. We saw our friend Mr. Let's Go Champ got him a little FaceTime on HBO this past weekend. Do you think Shannon Briggs has furthered his cause now to at least get <laughs> in the conversation? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Klitschko has such a limited range of you know possible opponents that uh, with Shannon Briggs, you know, you know, publicly, you know, making all this noise, it's just like, hey, you know, let him fight because you know if it's up to Vladimir, he he would fight like three times a year. So with that kind of schedule, plenty of time to squeeze Briggs in there. It only take a couple rounds anyway. Okay, so. You know, Vladimir didn't look like he took too much punishment again in this outing in the ring. How long do you think it'll take before he gets back in the ring? I mean, granted, his woman, Hayden Panettiere, is getting ready to have a baby any time now, but how long do you think realistically it'll be before we see him back in the ring? I think within the first three months of the next year, actually, like by March, maybe April. So we'll we'll predict it here, and we'll see him in April. Who we see him against remains to be seen. You know, that's a good question. You know, bringing up Brian Jennings, it's been pretty quiet coming out of his camp since his last fight. His last fight was against Mike Perez, right? Yeah, his last fight was against Mike Perez. Um, it was, you know, uh, it was a it was a tough fight, um, close decision. So. Uh, yeah, it, it it didn't look like he was ready for Klitschko based on that fight. But, you know, he's he's just going to be waiting so long, you know, to fight, you know, this Deverna Wilder winner that it's like that, that inactivity is, you know, what, what should he do? Mm-hmm. Since Klitschko fights all of his fights in Germany, and you can't blame him, again, sold out arena there, would it be more likely, you know, he has a deal, Brian Jennings has a deal with HBO. Is it possible for somebody, a European like a Tyson Fury, who has arguably a bigger fan base, or at least a little more notoriety attached to his name, is it possible for somebody like that to hopscotch over Brian Jennings and get the next fight with Klitschko? Yeah, yeah, like um, if Fury beats Chisora again, uh, I definitely got to put him in the mix because he's already been, I think, here in New York to fight um, Steve Cunningham, and uh, he he'd come back to do it uh, again with Klitschko because I know that they've talked about Klitschko fighting in, uh, at the Garden here in the states. You know, I think HBO definitely wants to get him back in the U.S. for at least one fight. Well, we shall see. It's pretty wide open, 
You know, what did you think of Klitschko's performance? I mean, again, a dominant performance. At least we didn't see him laying on Pulev's back for the entire Pulev match. Pulev wouldn't let him. Pulev wouldn't let him. Pulev was a game opponent. You know, he, he came to win. That guy wasn't just going to be, you know, uh, kind of uh, <laughs> beaten into submission um, slowly. Uh, he would, Look, if he was going to go out, it was – he was going to make Klitschko have to, you know, really push himself to do it. And that's what Vlad did. You know, he looked good. He he put on an entertaining performance for, you know, once in a kind of a long time. But, um, you know, it, it, Pulev got knocked out, though. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's yes, always he that. He got knocked out um, pretty quickly. Although he lasted much longer than you thought he would, considering he was, you know, hurt really bad in the first round, like dropped twice, and yet he right. what, he made it all the way to the fifth round. Right. So yeah, I mean, he, well, he showed he, he showed a good chin and uh, heart there. Well, he showed a good heart. I don't know about his chin because his ass was on the canvas a whole bunch of times. No, no, look, look, in the heavyweight division, when a guy like Vladimir Klitschko, who is one of the greatest punches of all time. Hits you clean, flush. You're going to fall down. I don't give a crap how good your chin is. You're going to fall down. <laughs> so okay, so looking at at Pulev, let's look at him against his last four opponent or last three opponents. Pianetta, that was a wash. That was a sparring partner. Povetkin, who was supposed to give him, you know, a challenge. Leopai, mm-hmm. I don't know. Leopai, whatever. Kubrick Pulev. So Kubrick Pulev was the best of the best of who he fought in recent years, would you say? Or who would you say of the last four to five opponents? How does he measure oh, up against well, those? Well, you know, Pulev and um, Povetkin are, you know, in a close race. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Pulev is a better fighter, but to be perfectly sure, they would have to fight each other, and you know, to determine who is the second best heavyweight in the world. Mm-hmm. So then you have you have Pavetkin, speaking of, who was supposed to be a difficult opponent, just recently made mince, you know, he made mince meet up Carlos Packham. He beat Manuel Char. Does this now set up a fight with him and Pulev? You know, where do we, you know, it's kind of hard to keep track of the heavyweight division since most of their, most of the champions are all the champions except one are across the pond. You know, what is the chess match now that happens with the heavyweight division and how, how does Severn fit into this mix? Severn just has to fight Wilder. That's 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 the only thing that he has to do. I mean, that's that was mandated like like halfway through this year, and they just they still haven't locked down a date yet. It's it's ridiculous. And I, I you know I just want to get a camera on you know the um, the negotiations between Don King and uh, Al Heyman. I I think that <laughs> would that would do more views than, than anything on my YouTube channel. I know. I'm. I don't know. That would mean that would make a a compelling show for those to watch. If we could just be privy, I'm surprised someone hasn't thought of this. You know how when you watch an NBA game and they now put the mics on the referee and you hear a little bit of what's happening in the huddle. Do you think they would ever let us be privy to some of these? I mean, granted, we're not going to get the real nitty gritty of what goes on behind closed doors, but you know, that might be some good TV if they let us see a little bit of what's happening. Why these matches are not happening? Would you want to watch? You just said you'd want to watch Don King and Al Heyman. Is there anybody else you would be interested in watching? Uh, 
the tap dance happen between? Like, say, maybe um, who's over there? Um, Golovkin's guy. Um, Tom Loeffler. Tom, Tom Loeffler. Like, say, Tom Loeffler and Al Heyman. <laughs> nah, I mean... That 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 would probably be less exciting to me. I mean, I mean, I like Tom, but I don't think he's much of a character. Uh, but you know, just watching, we wouldn't even get to the negotiations because we'd have to listen to Don King talk for about thirty minutes before they even got into anything that was relevant to what they even came together to talk about. But I don't know. What do you think of that? You know, we spent a lot of time on here talking about officiating to the matches. They flew in Tony Reese special from Las Vegas, flat top and all, to uh, get in the mix with Klitschko's fight here against Pulev. How do you rate his officiating performance? What grade do you give him? Um, I thought his grade was uh, – I thought he did a good job for the most part. Um, you know, Klitschko is always dirty. Uh, Pulev was dirty too, and, you know, he just kind of just let it go. You know, I think he was fair. Yeah, not bad, not bad. A definitely more entertaining Klitschko fight than I've seen in recent years, and I do like to complain about them. So, you know, not wholly disappointed, so that's a good thing. What of the fights that you saw this weekend, I know you went to a card, and for those of you looking for his write-up, you can find it on badculture.net. You know, tell us about the card you went to this weekend. Uh, let's see, what, what did I go to over the weekend? That's a good question. Um, where uh, I was in Chester, uh, Chester, Pierre, Harris, Philadelphia. Um, you been sparring again today? I'm in training camp with Tanil Goiko right now. He fights this weekend at Valley Forge Casino. So we've had four different sparring sessions. I think what I've done a total of like oh twenty some rounds with the guy. More than that. Um, yeah, Joey uh, Dewitt. Yeah, Joey DeWaco, right, right, right. Yeah, he yeah, he just ran over his opponent. Yeah, um, that it really wasn't much of a fight. <laughs> uh, Joey's he's, he's run over his last three opponents. You know, he's he's you know he went from like a a slick boxer that that has to outpoint you to you know um, just like a knockout artist recently. They call him the Tank now. Um, he 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 dresses up a full camo coming to the ring. It's it's. Uh, ever since he got with uh, Mark Sipp and uh, you know Club 1957 Management, you know his his whole kind of persona is changed. And now he's trying to fight Amir Mansoor. So uh, I don't know if Amir takes that fight because it really isn't much in it for Amir. But uh, if Amir can get the you know the opportunities that he wants, I know if they staged it in Philadelphia, they would have good attendance. Mhm. Yeah, Mir Mansour, for those of you who missed his knockout, you can find it on backculture.net. Just a killing, killing knockout last week. This Not this weekend, the weekend before over his opponent. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. We'll see how that shapes up. Well, let's see. 7.15, 15 minutes before our guest. What shall we talk about? Let's talk about Demetrius Andre friend of the show, called in a few times, has interviewed me on the show. Very, very interesting guy, a lot of fun. Has now become unavailable, quote-unquote, unavailable for the fight against Jamel Charlo that was going to be the co-feature 
if I'm not mistaken, because the Devin Alexander versus Amir Khan fight or Amir Khan versus Devin Alexander fight happening in Las Vegas at the MGM on December 13th. Why do you think he's unavailable? He's, they didn't say he was injured. They just said he's unavailable. What do you oh. think happened to him? <laughs> I heard something about the money not being, you know, uh, to his liking, uh, something about uh, his woman being pregnant or something. Uh, I, I forget what I read, honestly. Um, my mind's been all over the place lately, just not really thinking about boxing right now. I mean, that's too busy boxing. boxing. Yeah, I'm too too busy with my own boxing. Oh, Ryan, how are we supposed to fan? How are we supposed to beat the drum if you're in there fighting? What's wrong with you? How dare you want to have your own career? You know, I've heard I've heard some similar things that it boils down to him not wanting to be part of the Heyman machine and was not happy with his piece of the pie, as slight as it is. And if it's anything like we've seen these other matchups where the split is like $100,000 for the Heyman fighter and like in and out or, you know, some five guys for the other guy who's uh, fighting against him on the card. So, you know, wise move or not so wise move to want to be not part of the the Heyman Illuminati machine. To me, it was it was a winnable fight. But it wasn't a high-profile fight, you know. I thought it, it, it was difficult, like to a point where he could fight another opponent worth twice or three times the money um, at that level of difficulty. So uh, I just don't think the uh, the risk was worth the reward. Well, okay. Well, so then what was the better idea? You know, there was the Korobov fight that fell apart. Who's his mandatory? Charlo fight. Doesn't want to do the Charlo no, fight. No, that, that wasn't that wasn't mandatory. Um, um, Korobov versus Andrade. No, no, no. Because Andrade is champion at 154. Korobov was the mandatory for the 160 title. So that's right. He, uh, yeah, Andrade would have to move up and wait, and he he decided that he didn't want to do that. Mhm. So who would have been his mandatory? Um, I don't think Andre has a mandatory. His his mandatory is Brian Rose, and he he beat him. So I don't think he has another mandatory. Uh, yet you, you normally don't have two mandatories in a row. Mhm. Well, now he's gonna have a mandatory seat on the bench because he's not fighting anybody. He's not <laughs> fighting. <laughs> There's no mandatory money coming in the bank, so I don't know. I'm all for standing for principle or. Whatever, but I don't know. In this day and age, where politics is so crippling on the sport, I almost feel like you got to take your fights when you can get them, especially if it's a winnable fight. You know, get a winnable fight, and it just you know projects you more into the public eye, and it makes you a, a more valuable commodity. Not to mention, he's fight. It would be the co-feature of a fight that a lot of people will be watching, a lot of people are interested in, and it gives them, you know, international exposure because there will be a lot of people internationally who will be watching for AmerCon. It exposes you to a broader audience. So, I mean, I can only, you know, from the comfort of my desk, speculate on what he's thinking. I by no means am privy to anything of that. But, you know, in a in a sport like boxing where it's so hard to make these broadcast fights, especially on premium, on premium cable, sometimes you just got to step out on faith and be like, look, this is a winnable fight for me. 
maybe I got to take a step backwards on the pay so that the next fight I can take three steps forward. You retain the belt. You beat somebody who pretty much a lot, a number of people pick you to beat, a young up-and-coming person, and perhaps it, it, it projects you to, to greater things. I don't know. I think the risk was worth the reward, but like I said, I can say that from the comfort of my home because I'm not a fighter. I just play one on TV. So, so well, speaking that, of winnable we'll, fights, though, uh, Yurikus Camboa, he took a, a very, very winnable fight over the weekend. Uh, you know, he so he's back in the win column. He not the guy in the sixth round. Oh, for okay, so you gamble yeah. and he's back in it the mix. On, it was televised too. It was like on um, well, the, the yeah the, the the Golden Boy Live on Saturdays. You know, the one that comes on Fox Deportes. Which mm-hmm. this is the funny thing, you know, Fox Deportes is not a, a nationally you know televised channel. It's not an HD channel, and yet they have the best Golden Boy Lives by far. <laughs> the ones that come on Fox Sports One and HD, you know, during the week, the you know the ones that you know we actually watch, those aren't shit. <laughs> but the ones on the Spanish channel and, and you know with the, with the crappy picture quality, those are great. Tell us how you really feel about it. Um, how are the I mean, they, that we they really put on see? they put on real fights on those shows. Like you actually have world class fighters and and and, and world title fights on and, and the Golden Boy Live that we we watch during the week is just like Prospect versus you know. Bomb prospect versus journeyman, you know, over and over again, and it's just a wash, wash, wash. The fights really aren't but, interesting. But I mean, you need that vehicle to develop this younger talent because, under what other circumstances, would they get the opportunity to be on TV? Because there aren't, there's only two real prospect shows that come on cable. There. Showbox that doesn't come on regularly. Does that? I don't even think that comes on once a month. You've got Friday Night Fight, and that's not even broadcast for a full twelve months. So you know, kudos to Fox Sports for even giving these young guys the opportunity. Although it's, it's to nice, get on it's TV. nice. All I'm saying is there are two different branches of Golden Boy Live, and the better one is the one that you know isn't really getting exposure, and that just doesn't make sense to me. Why do you think that? Um. Why? Probably because um, a lot of those fighters aren't signed to Golden Boy, um, and uh, a lot of them don't speak English. That's okay. That's what we got uh, Dina Mita for. Oh, well, he works for Showtime. We can't get Dina Mita on that. But, I mean, uh, Paulie's Spanish game is pretty tight. They could have Paulie interview the guys. Paulie speaks better Spanish than a lot of Spanish speakers I've heard. But, I mean, you know, hey, like you said, that that is your opinion, and I trust your it's, opinion. It's the opinion of anybody that watches both Golden Boy Lives. It's, it's very, very Twitter easy follow-up. to spot. It's very easy to spot a, a Saturday Golden Boy Live and rate it higher than a, a Monday through Friday version. Tell it to your Twitter followers. You have a lot of informed boxing aficionados in your timeline. I mean, I've, I've already tweeted it before, and nobody's ever disagreed with me. But I mean, well, I I'm, not looking, probably, I'm not looking most, for people to disagree with you. I just want to know what their feelings are. I'm not, I'm not saying they should disagree with you. I'm not saying I disagree look, with you. Their, their feelings are um, they don't even know that Golden Boy Live is on Saturday. That, that's probably <laughs> what their feeling is because most people don't have Fox Support Days. Well, I that's your fault. You know, you used to feel that. 
You used to fill that void for a lot of people, so that's your fault. I'm going to hold you personally responsible. I'm going to put this on me. I see how it is. See, boxing fans can't get what they need because sweet boxing don't want to hook up the fight links no more. See how you do that? So selfish. So selfish. That's Simbros. Come on, Simbros. You know, give us what we need for those of us who don't have Fox support. I know I don't have Fox support this. I wish I did. And, you know, I'm subject to maybe receiving a stream or two perhaps emailed me by an, an anonymous source. Thank you, anonymous <laughs> source, because I wouldn't see these fights under any other opportunity since they're not part of my overpriced Direct TV. Shout out to Direct TV. Um, so, yeah. That's a, such a shame, such a shame. So much good fight action goes uh, missed because most of us don't have Fox. How do you even get Fox support this? Like, do you have to call cable and ask for a special? Well, I'm not going to ask you because we know how you get down. But yeah, for those yeah, of you who are listening. Um, it's, on my cable package, I think I had to pay like an extra $17 because they give you a whole bunch of Spanish channels to go along with it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want like, you know, 80% of them. And, you know, the... The other ones that I do want, they're missing one in particular that is like key. Like if they included the um, the TYC channel, that that would have you know made me uh, dish out the extra money. But without that, it was yeah, it's just not worth it. I don't have an extra seventeen dollars for Directv. I mean, they get plenty of money from me every month just for having Showtime and HBO which is a necessity. So if anyone listening to the show would like to sponsor my cable activity, feel free to PayPal, JetHang at Yahoo, and uh, sponsor BadCulture.net's cable activity so we can continue to bring you this excellent fight coverage, and then I can dish out the 17 and get five supporters, and then we can give you even more for your even more coverage on BadCulture.net of all the fighters that you'd like to see. So, in the meantime, I am limited except when, you know, the fight angel sends me special packages in my email of fights that I didn't get to see because they're on channels that I don't have. So, thank you, fight angel. Let's see. We have three and a half minutes until we're going to dial up uh, Mr. Alexander. Let's see. Before we dial him up, what are you most interested in asking him? Devin Alexander? Yes, sir. Okay, let's see. Yeah, what am I going to ask him? Uh, usually, I just kind of make shit up as as we go along. Um, I don't I don't come with plans unless you you specifically tell me that I'm interviewing somebody. <laughs> but well, I really don't do that since you've got that kind of microchip brain. You know, I don't really say, "Hey, Ryan, you're in charge." You usually have some stuff going on in your head that yeah. you're going to ask. Yeah, like sometimes you do though. Like um, when you weren't on the show and you had uh, Joseph Diaz come on, and you told mm-hmm. me you wanted me to handle it. For that one, I actually thought of stuff in advance. So like, if you listen to the interview, it it goes a little more smoothly. Yeah, what well, great, you know. And shout out to Joseph Diaz who won his fight, Jojo Diaz, who uh, won his fight pretty handily. Good scrap. I had a chance to go out to the media day that he had here in Los Angeles ahead of the Fight of Fantasy Springs, you know, enjoyed having him on the show. Definitely look forward to having him again. And uh, also Valdivia, who was on our show before. Definitely got to get those guys back on with us. They were great guests. And, you know, shout out to the good folks at uh, Supreme Boxing for helping us coordinate those interviews. We appreciate you greatly. 
We're two minutes ahead of schedule, but let's call Devin Alexander now anyway. Devin Alexander the Great and see if he is available. I need the Jeopardy theme music for when I'm going to be calling people. That would be pretty <laughs> tight. I like my Price is Right loser horn very, very much. Shout out to Brandon Stubbs for hooking that up. So I keep saying I'm going to get more sound effects than I never do. So let me dial in Devin Alexander and let's talk to him about his fight. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Six, three, six, seven, nine. Wow, did he send us a voicemail? Unacceptable. I'm going to text him while we are uh, getting into the show. In the meantime, while I hit him on the text message, you know, he's got the fight coming up against Khan. Why do you think – how do you think he'll be different in the ring now, it's been, a, what, like a whole year since the fight was supposed to originally happen and in, in the aftermath of that year, Conspot Palazzo wasn't the most impressive he's ever been. But, you know, he won. Devin Alexander, of course, lost the title, the IBF, I believe it was, the IBF Weight title to Sean Porter. How different do you think he will be? Um, well, Devin, you know, he had the uh, DeSoto Carras fight. And uh, he he looked pretty entertaining in that fight. Um, did a good job. Clearly won the fight. Um, Khan also did a good job in his last fight. You know, without the excitement. So, uh, but if you put them both together, you know that's that's a potentially good fight. But um, I'm not sure Devin fights aggressively against uh, another counter puncher. You know. You know, because against Soto Karras, you know, he just kind of, you know, he just walks into everything. So, you know, you, you can let your hands go on a guy like that. But against Amir Khan, if he takes a lot of chances, Khan, you know, he has the speed to to really make Devin pay. So I, I'm thinking it'll be like a, you know, a chess match that that's, you know, potentially awful on the eyes. But, it you know, it, but it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good, good thing, you know, level of skill involved. Indeed. Let's try dialing him again. Let's see if we get the voicemail again. I feel like the ex-girlfriend. Dang. Voicemail. Hello? Devin Alexander. Alexander the Great. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? Excellent. For those of you tuning in, of course, we are joined by Devin Alexander. If you follow him on Twitter, the real Devin A, make sure you follow him. Who will be fighting on December thirteenth against Americon at the MGM in Las Vegas? His first Las Vegas fight, so I know that's a very exciting and something he's looking forward to, as well as the uh, fans who will be on hand and those watching from TV. How are you feeling as we are now within four weeks until your fight at the MGM? Well, like they say, the anticipation grows strong, you know, when you got something exciting going on and when you know that you got this big fight coming up, the big fight of your life, your first time fighting in Las Vegas, the fight capital of the world. So I feel great. Um, you know, I'm I'm 
I'm at a point in my career where I can, you know, just shoot to the stars. So I'm just excited, taking it all in. As you prepare for this fight, you know, it's just well been documented. I'm sure you talked about it ad nauseum. The fight was supposed to happen before. When the fight first, when the original fight fell apart previously after, uh, I think it was introduced at the Mayweather-Canelo fight when you guys were brought out together, what was the aftermath like finding out that that fight was not going to happen after that but prior to finding out you were going to fight Sean Porter? Well, um, you know, it's always it's hard when you um, start fighting for a fight and, you know, the fight get canceled or you fight a different fighter because we was in camp getting ready for to fight American, so we had to change up sparring partner, change up strategies and all that. So um, it was a bit difficult, but this is boxing. Things happen all the time, all the time in boxing. You know, a fighter might get hurt. Um fighter might want the biggest fight out there, so they they chose not to fight, which which is what Khan did. But you know, all in all, he, could, he it's like it was it's inevitable, and uh, we'll be fighting December thirteenth. Excellent. Um, have Have you been you know you know anxious to get this fight? You know, did you really think it was going to happen after the way you pulled out the first time? Well, um, I have my doubts. I have my doubts, but uh, yeah, I, I heard a cue something. But I, I was, um, I have my doubts. But uh, Mercon, you know, I know he's a good fighter, and he wants to do whatever's going to get him to the top. And he knows, you know, if if he was to beat me, that that could be a chance. So um, he sees this as the as a uh, way to show people that he can um, compete at the top, the top level and. I understand the business, you know, but, um, you know, we're fighting now. Um, you know, we, we this fight been brewing for, you know, years. You know, we were supposed to fight when I was 140, um, before 147 now. So, and it's high stakes right now, high stakes. Either either one of us could be the next Mayweather fighter, I mean, you know, Mayweather opponent. So, um, I'm excited. Do you really think... You know they would choose you if you won the fight. Um, you know, as a Mayweather opponent. Oh, it just, it just depends. It will have to depend on a lot of things. You know, it it will have to depend on a lot of things. Um, I'm not gonna say it won't happen, but it'd be a tougher time getting it done than I say with you know uh, America. You know, because it is following over in the UK, so. Like like I said, I understand the business. Um, I understand what goes on, what's what's happening, you know. And um, it'll be a tougher time to make or to um, have a tougher argument if it was to be me and Mayweather, you know. So, um, you know, I understand. Okay. Just to you know, piggyback, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan. For I don't mean to interrupt you, but just to piggyback on on Ryan's question about that. On the undercard of your fight, you know, we have Keith Thurman, who is making noise and, and coming up in the division, and we've seen previously that sometimes the undercard, these cards are set up to make an inevitable fight. Do you think a fight, you know, without looking past the fight, obviously, that you're about to engage in, do you think it would be more inevitable, would it be inevitable that you would get Thurman, say, before Mayweather? I mean, I can say that. I can see um, 
you know, as long as it, if it's two fighters who continue to win, um, that's what all fighters at 147 will continue to win, continue to prove they shall continue to be at the top level. It's inevitable that we, we have to fight. That we, you know, mm-hmm. the fans are going to be acting for it. Um, TV's going to act for it. So it's in, 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 inevitable. Um, but I, I can see me and Keith Thurman fighting after me and American fight. I can see that fight happening next year. Um, to get a, get a Floyd fight, then you know um, I beat Keith Thurman. It'll make more sense to fight Floyd. But me personally, I'm not in a rush to fight Floyd. To be honest, I, I you know that's what everybody everybody throws Floyd Mayweather names around. You know I want to fight, but I'm 27 years old. I'm continuing to learn. I'm still you know in my prime, so I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. If I do fight Floyd, or Hooray! But if not, you know, like like she says, a lot of fighters out here that's notable and capable of putting me at a you know another level. So Keith Thurman would be an excellent opponent. Going ahead, back then. to um, you know this being your first fight in Vegas, it's it's almost hard to believe you've had like six world title fights. You fought like some of the toughest competition in the world. And this is the, I mean, most people get to Vegas way before they've accomplished what you've accomplished. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, it's, it, it, every time from when I was with Don King in my earlier career to now, you know, um, I was always scheduled to have a professional fight in Vegas, and I always fell through. So, um, I mean, every time it never fell, and I always said, you know, if, Whenever it's meant for me to fight in Vegas, then I will fight in Vegas. Because that's where, in my opinion, that's where all fighters want to fight at. That's where all fighters want to be on that um, that that big screen, see their face on the big screen. And just to see that is like, you know, uh, um, exciting and a good feeling to know your hard workers, you know, finally paying off and you getting the recognition that you want. So, um you know, I'm excited. This is this is a good opportunity for me. Um, going back to Americana, you know, do you feel he's he's done anything at 147 to you know um, give the people the impression that he you know should be the favorite to be somebody that's actually in the top ten? Well, this is the thing. It's about boxing. Is who the power to be want. To put their money behind who wants to, who they want to push, and who can make them money at the same time. Um, you know, if Khan didn't have the the following that he has over there, I don't think he would have. You know, he would. They would have been say, okay, he's not what we thought he was. They would have been washed their hands with him and you know treat him like you know any other fighter over in, in the states. You know, who got three losses, they knocked out twice, you know. They would treat him like, okay, he just ain't our team, he won't make it to the top. So it's about the powers, who who the powers behind and who they want to be at a certain position at that time, you know. And um, I think that's the thing with Khan. You know, he got, he got, he got some, a little power behind him with the, um, with the um, UK over there backing him and um, – and it's transpiring over here. And, you know, in my opinion, he's very, very overrated, very. 
Um, you know, he's a good fighter. Don't take it. Don't get me wrong. He's a good fighter. Um, but who has he beat, you know? But like I said, it's the power. If the power say, okay, this is who we're going to push, that's what they're going to push. So, to, wait, to piggy, so to piggyback on that, you know, just Khan's skills as a fighter, you know, it's been a very discussed that Khan is chinny. And then, you know, sometimes people hear things about fighter and they run with it without ever having fought themselves or even really taking the time to analyze a, fi- a fighter's skills. Do you agree with that notion that Khan is chinny? Um. Yeah, I, 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 would, I will. But also, you, whoever fired him cannot go in there thinking, okay, I'm going to knock him out. You can't think that. You know, either either them knockouts came because people called him at the right time, um, the right shot he was open for, and that's what happened. You know, um, he is Cheney. I saw Colazzo hurt him one round when they fought, you know, and you know, we all know Colazzo ain't too much of a big puncher. Um you know, but he got up out of it and started back, you know, his offense with Colorado. So um, I would say that it, he is in some aspects, but it, it has to be the right punch. You know, now that he's, uh, you know, working with Virgil Hunter, they, they, they've they got him a lot more cautious now. Like, if he's in trouble, he'll he'll do things that will, you know, increase his chances of surviving, whereas before he would, you know, just kind of go balls to the wall and, you know, just kind of backfire on him. Um, do you uh, make any special plans for that? Well, well to be honest, you know, Virgil's an excellent trainer, man. Him and my coach is good friends. Been knowing Virgil for a long time, but me personally, I don't think he's changed anything with Khan. Um, he might get him thinking a lot more than he would normally do, but for his style wise, it's nothing different. Um, so, you know, him preparing for to get hurt or, you know, whatever, I mean, I, I don't know. If he hurt, there's nothing he can do, you know, especially if, a, if it's a small fighter in there and they ain't go. Have him let him get tied up, or you know, hands is free. What are you gonna do? You know, you hurt. So I don't. So I you don't think he can tie you, you up? No, no, not not as a fighter want to get tied. Only get tied up if you want to get tied up. You know, there's always a way out of it. Okay. Um, how do you want to end the fight? Um, do you think you know the judges would give you a decision? Of course, as long as it's convincing and, you know, it's my, see, my keyboards, you know, have my saw, um, uh, my top performance. They're looking for that one performance and say, wow. And I think this is this is one of the ones that's going to be it. You know, it's going to be a clear-cut winner. Um, I could see me getting a good shot in and hurting them and possibly taking them out in the um, later rounds. Um, so it's, 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 it's so many scenarios, and I practice for all scenarios, you know, if he's going to run, if he's going to stand there, if he's going to do whatever, I'm practicing for all that. So um, it's going to be a good fight, though. Okay. You know, um, just, to, I, just I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I was, uh, was going to say, um, you know, given his, his style, you know, get, 
know, fast hands, uh, counter puncher, you know, which is kind of plays in what you do. Is it is it, is it difficult to make a an entertaining fight when you, when when you have that kind of style mesh? Well, of course, you know, um, you know, I don't plan on just me. I don't plan on running or boxing this fight. I just plan on, you know, using his, you know, his his aggression is, you know, against him. You know, um, he just jumps in, throws punches, jumps out. Um, you know, you know, Khan don't have no upper, you know, uh, body movement um, if he's gonna. Um, have some defense. He's gonna put his hands up and try to block the shot. Other than that, you know he's not gonna, you know, counter punch. Um, his counter punch is coming off when he block when he blocks punches. He comes right back. So um, it's just, it, it's it, it's just gonna be a um, cakewalk in my opinion because my my coach got a tremendous game plan. Um, Khan hasn't fought a skilled. Um, Elite level fighter, uh, Lamar Peterson was a skilled level um, boxer, but I was, I don't call Lamar Peterson a boxer. I call him, you know, he got he has skill and experience. You know what he's doing in the ring. So, um, but Khan hasn't fought a softball, slick, um, you know, and, and who know how to fight just as well. So, what about that's going to uh, be trouble for him. Zab is he's he's, he's passed. You know, he's, he's passed, you know, it's time. Um, it's about that time, but uh, he's a, Zab was still in the fight. Um, he was still there, but I think, you know, Khan was just too overwhelming for him, and that's what happened. But you get a live, um, live guy, live guy in his prime um, who's determined not to lose, who's just as fast. You make for a good fight. And speaking of that, weren't weren't you and him close to fighting once? Uh, we were, we were um, a few times, a couple times, um, but it just it just always fell through. We were supposed to fight here at home, but it always just fell through. Um, so a couple of times, but like I always say, you know, if I didn't fight him at this time, it wasn't meant for me to fight him. You know, right. if, if I did, if it, you know, yeah. so I'm I'm a man who believes that. That's cool, because that, it's too late to fight him now. It's, Kind of like the how the Klitschko yeah how, how, how Klitschko's refused to fight Holyfield, you know, even though they right they, right they, they right could have taken the money for it, but they said no, nah, they just had too too much respect for the game for that. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't want to just do that, right? Well, you know, just to kind of you know, we're deep in discussing you know fight strategies and dissecting Khan and what you plan on bringing. Let me ask you just a little a fun question. You know, you're not a flashy guy like that. You just go to the ring and handle business. If you could have anybody ring walk you to the ring for this fight, it is a big fight. It is in Vegas. If you could pick anybody to ring walk you down to the ring, who would you take with you? Uh, that's a good question. That was That's a real good question. You know, um, I don't know. Because it it would probably be um, you know I'm I'm I like the old school rap. It'd probably be Tupac if he was still living, you know. But if you talking about you know nowadays, um, say Jay Z or Nas, you know, just depends. But Tupac is my number one that I would wish he can walk me out. You know, that would get the crowd 
into it, and everybody knows what Pac brings. Right. You know, it, we see a lot of props and things, and, you know, a lot of ring walks have taken on this kind of WWE feel. You don't plan on anybody wearing, like, tell you are Alexander the Great. You don't plan on anybody wearing, like, togas <laughs> and, and fig leaves or nothing like that to bring you down to the ring. Well, you'll see, if, if you'll see fight night. So, um, you know, I'm always, like you said, I'm a straightforward type of business guy, but this is entertainment. People want to see entertainment. So, yeah, I throw some entertainment in there every night, once in a while, and you'll see fight night. All right. Right. And do you have uh, any more follow-up questions for Devin? Um, no, but um, I want to see you win because I'm honestly not a fan of Vivericon, and uh, if you knocked him out, that would be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. We working hard. We working hard to go um, hard each and every round, so... You know, we're going to be right there. And I'm pretty sure, you know, they're sleeping on my power, which is good because the power will be there. You know, before we wrap you up, Lila, just to ask you a little bit about the undercard. I know you focused on your fight. You know, of course, we have Keith Thurman versus Bungie on the undercard, and we no longer have uh, Jermell Charlo versus Demetrius Andrade on the card. If the Andrade-Charlo car, uh, fight had gone off, who would you have predicted in that fight? Um, that was that was a good fight for both. Um, that was like a um, throwback fight because two young guys at their prime, you don't see that too often nowadays. Um, kind of like in the era of Sugar Ray Lennon and them. You don't see that too often. You know, if you got an undefeated record nowadays, it's like, uh, I got to keep that. I got to secure that. But back in the day, they used to fight it. Yeah, fight them all. So, it happened with you, though. It was uh, you and Tim yeah. Bradley made that happen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I mean, I, it don't matter to me. I'll fight anybody, you know. And you know, I that's I that's when I used to look at the older tapes and I used to look at that. I'm like, man, they used to fight everybody. I mean, they didn't skip not over. Not I don't care. They hit hard. They had a hard right hand. Um, knockout or it didn't matter. They fought everybody and. Um, you know that that's kind of like how I am, and that fight would have been like like that, you know. Uh, but I I don't know. That's a difficult fight, you know. That's what happens when you get two, you know, skillful guys in the ring, and you know, you just never know who who's going to have that upper hand. You know, that's a, that's a tough one to call. All right. Well. I wish you all the best of luck. You know, I've had the pleasure of interviewing before your last fight that was here at the Home Depot Center. So I wish you the best of luck on your fight on December 13th. And, you know, hopefully if we can have you back on the show again following the fight. Well, thank you guys for having me. And I'll be back on to talk to my, talk about my victory. That's that, right. That sounds good. All right. Thanks, Devin. Thanks. Thank you. All right, so for those of you listening, of course, that was Devin Alexander, who will be fighting on December 13th against Amir Khan at the MGM. Headlining that card there on the undercard will be Keith Thurman versus Bundu. I can't remember his first name. And for those of you who – Leonard Bundu, thank you. And for those of you who missed it who haven't been tuned into boxing today, the Charlo versus Andre fight is now off that card. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and we'll talk a few more topics before we welcome our next guest, Mauricio Herrera. We'll be back in just a moment.
And we are back. Welcome to the Ruckus. For those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we had our guest, uh, first guest of the evening, Devin Alexander, who will be fighting Amir Khan. And we have a little time to kill before we welcome Mauricio Herrera, who will be fighting Jose Benavides, also on December 13th, but on the cart across town at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Very nice hotel. I stayed there before for my birthday. Very, very beautiful hotel. Ryan Bivens, so as we spoke to Devin Alexander, how did you feel about, you know, some of his answers? You you said that you hope he wins and he knocks Khan out. Is this a fifty fifty fight? Or how do you how do you see the fight? I know I got I definitely got Devin. Um I'm picking him to win because I can't pick Khan to beat anybody, you know, in the top ten at one forty seven. I just can't do it. Because he's, he, you know, he's he's having so so many problems with fighters that are like, you know, in the top fifty. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just imagine not him even being, the top uh, ten. You said the top fifty. Wow. So just imagine guys, him being, 40, yes, like forty nine guys. Look, look. Where would you rate Julio Diaz? Think about it. Where would you rate him in the welterweight division? It would be closer to fifty than ten, right? Right, because, right. I mean, Julio I mean, Julio Diaz is a guy that uh, Thurman, the fight yeah, kind of ended prematurely. Yeah, and then, you know, Khan, he gave Khan some trouble, and so did Collado. But top 50, dang, right? You hardcore. You mad hard. Damn. He Con, said 50, I'm just saying, Khan is just, I, I think it's all, you know, lip service with that guy. I mean, yeah, he does have, he does have really fast hands, though. I got to give him that. The man has very fast hands. He doesn't really know how to throw them properly or how to, you know, you know, set his feet or, you know, his fundamentals are pretty much trash, but he is physically gifted in the hand speed department. So how gifted is that hand speed if he doesn't know what to do on him? He got some fast hands. Too bad he don't know how to throw them, right? So, I mean, wow, harsh. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I haven't, put my prediction together yet i gotta i gotta think about it a little bit more i'll offer my prediction when we get to the when we do the show right before the fight before i head out to vegas i'll be going to vegas for that fight and so i'll give my prediction then but wow harsh for those of you who are listening do you who who echoes if you tweet me now your prediction for con versus alexander if you're team con Hashtag that. If you're Team Alexander, hashtag that. Why do you think one would win over the other? I'm interested in your feedback here. So if you're following me on Twitter, of course, it's Jet Hang or The Bad Culture. You can tweet either of those or you can tweet Ryan, Ryan Bivens, B-I-V-I-N-S, <laughs> or Sweet Boxing. You know, there are a few people out there who write who just cannot spell Ryan's last name properly and misspell it numerous times on their major publication. But it is, for those of you playing the home game, it's B-I-V-I-N-S. Thank you. So make sure you tweet him. Thank you. I just want to, you know, I'm going to stand outside on the freeway with a sign with your name on it that says B-I-V-I-N-S. And then I'm going to flip it over, and it's going to say hashtag you recognize WBA. (laughs) So. You know, I'm gonna have a, a flip sign. You know, I might you know, just for you, I might have to take another photo oh, of those oh, speaking, uh, at the fight. Speaking of the WBA, um 
Uh, when I found out about this, I guess the show was already uh, we already did the show during the week. But had Pulev upset Klitschko um, because he didn't pay the sanctioning fees, the WBA sanctioning fees, that title would have been vacated by Vladimir Klitschko. And, really? Uh, yeah, so that means that Ruslan Shagayev was potentially going to be the next official WBA heavyweight champion, like the the, the numero uno. Wow. People are probably hopping on, on speed bikes on, like, Suzuki's and stuff trying to get that fight lined up. Good grief. Yeah, but Klitschko won the fight, so it's not a problem. But, yeah, just just yeah, like Klitschko. that. Uh, just by somebody not paying the sanctioning fee, you got Ruslan Shagayev in that kind of position. That's just unbelievable. Uh, friend of the team, Daryl Cobb. Shout out to Daryl Cobb. Make sure you follow him and check out his fantastic photography. It's featured on badculture.net. Says he is team con because if it goes the distance, I don't see the money people letting Alexander spoil their windfall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that is the problem. It really is. That's that's why I hope Con. I mean, uh, Alexander gets the knockout because it the the Con fight is just so more so much more marketable, you know, as far as pay per views go. And you know, they've been struggling, you know, ever since Canelo. They it's hard to get uh the the days that that Mayweather was guaranteed a million buys is gone. Those days are gone. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he gets it with Con, but. He does get the uh, 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 you know a portion of the UK money with Con because they would put it on pay per view over there as well, and that would sell really well. And um, you know uh, putting the, the you know the two sums of money together, then that would be a, a solid pay per view for him. Ismail says that if Khan manages to stay upright, I like his chances. So they betting the man, the homies are betting against you, Ryan Bivens. Yeah, well, that's if he stays upright. I'm not convinced he does. I'm really not, because his chin is not that good. And Devin, Devin is not the biggest puncher, but he can he can crack. He can definitely crack. Okay. James Castro, another friend of ours, follow him at James Castro, says Alexander beats Khan. I don't think Khan would be able to take too many shots from Alexander. So shout-out to James Castro. That is his uh, opinion. So once again, you know, I'll hold my opinion until credential requests go out. I mean, until (laughs) a week before the fight, and then I will uh, announce my my prediction on the air right before we do the show. Because right now, you know what? To be to really be really honest, it is a fifty fifty fight in my mind. They both have some wonderful attributes. They won't have some deficiencies. So I just got to think about it a little more. Maybe I'll watch, I don't know, watching Devin's last fight wasn't, it's not really that great a fight to watch because he watched it. The last fight wasn't the fight with Sotokaris. It was two fights ago with the fight with Sotokaris, right? Uh, Devin's last fight was with Sotokaris. And the fight before that was Sean Porter. Okay, I'll watch those two fights. I don't know. Sean Porter, he said with the Sean Porter fight, he didn't really train all that bad hard for that fight. He just kind of, was real dismissive and didn't have his head in it, so I don't think that's a good fight. Maybe I'll watch the fight right before Sean Porter. What was what? Cornelius Bundren? Lee, no, Lee Purdy. Lee Purdy. So maybe I'll watch fought, that he fight. He never fought K-9. He fought uh, Randall yeah. Bailey. Randall Bailey. I always mix those two up. So I'll yeah, watch no, the fight don't, don't watch Bailey. that fight. Don't, do not watch Alexander Bailey. Do not. That was a terrible, terrible fight. I, re- <laughs> I know. I was at that fight. <laughs> I, I was. Uh, that fight was here, wasn't it? I think I was um, at that fight. I don't know, but I know I watched no, that fight. No, I think I it was at the Barclays Center. 
Okay. Well, I watched that fight, and I remember being craptastic, but I'm going to watch it anyway. So, anyhow, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's see. Lissy Boxing, shout out to Lissy Boxing, says that she is Team Con if I have to choose, but not by much. That's a tight 50 50 for me. And uh, Ismael says, who is that ref from the Butte, who from Butte Andre won? They need to bring him down for con for any chin issues. Clever, clever boy. Aren't you funny? But uh, yes, we will see. So as we await our next guest, El Maestro. Mauricio Herrera, the teacher, you know, I had the chance to go to the L.A. press conference, and he feels that Jose Benavides, who had kind of a storied amateur career, uh, he's going to teach oh, him a few lessons. And, Marlon Wright. And, I just looked at his so, tweet. He's talking about uh, Marlon, Marlon B. Wright, the Canadian referee. Okay. He gave Butte like a, a 22 count, you know, to when he was knocked out in the last round. So Butte got to survive. Well, let's bring in our next guest. We are now joined by El Maestro Mauricio Herrera, who will be fighting on December 13th at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. How are you doing, Mr. Herrera? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. You know, we're looking forward to seeing you back in the ring. We have a few questions that we want to ask you. I'm joined by my co-host, of course, Ryan Bivens. So we'll ask you some questions about the fight and uh, get your opinions on how things are going and which you can teach this young man who's going to step into the ring, this young lion, on uh, December 13th. Um, I will actually ask you, you know, how do you feel we are under four weeks out from your fight? How do you feel with your development and how camp has been going as you get closer to your fight date? Uh, Camp is going smooth, you know, really uh, confident, you know, going into this fight and motivated, you know, having fun in camp and – I said, we're ready to go. I mean, um, this fight uh, is another tough fight in my career, so that's uh, all the motivation there, you know. Just um, the, the tougher they are, you know, the better for me, brings the best out of me. So we're going to get uh, prepared 100%. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to pass it over to Ryan, and I'll be jumping in and out with you as uh, he asks you some questions about the fight. Yeah, um, hi, Mauricio. Hello. I was wondering... Uh, were you surprised that, you know, Jose Benavidez's team took this fight so soon in their career? Uh, in a way, in a way, but, um, you know, I've I've seen um, Benavidez fight, you know, I've checked him out on the internet before, and, and he seemed like a good prospect on his way up. So, um, in a way, I was surprised. Um, this kind of had me thinking, you know, what, what do they see in me, or is it something that they don't see in him? Maybe they want to uh, you know, to make it or break it on his side, or um, you know, maybe they they see that he can have something on me. So, um, either way, you know, we're gonna come prepared and and we're ready for anything. I mean, uh, I think it's a big step up for him. You know. Yeah. Um. Did you catch the uh, the Saddam Ali uh, Luis Carlos Abreu fight? Did I actually haven't recorded. I, I haven't finished watching it. It's just seen like the first couple of rounds. But, yeah. Uh, he, similar situation. Good. Yeah, similar situation there. Ali didn't have the experience, and uh, he was expected to lose, but uh, he pulled off the upset. But um, stylistically, it is a big difference because going into the fight, we all knew Ali was a better technical boxer. We just didn't know if he he was seasoned enough to you know stick to a game plan long enough to to actually win the fight. 
Whereas, you know, your fighter, he can't just come and expect to outbox you because that's, you are the spoiler numero uno in your division. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think I'm a different fighter from any fights that uh, you know Benavides has had in his career. So I think it's going to be him that's going to make some some changes that he's never had to do. So I think he's going to have to adjust, and I think that's where you'll see if he can uh, go along with it, you know, or he, he may just uh, uh, be all over the place. Yeah, so um, about the weight, the uh, 140, is is that something you just want to, is that is that a weight you, you plan on campaigning at for like a long time, or, or are you going to move up? Uh, you know, I, I do want to move up. Um, um, I'll fight at 140, you know, as long as they keep giving me, you know, competitive fights, great fights, and then um, I can still make 140, so I have no problem. But, uh, you know, I really would like to go to 147 eventually. You know, I know there's a lot of big fights there, too, so... I'm open to uh, to going up as well. So um, so after Danny Garcia moves up in weight, you you'll still be able to join him and uh, troll him some more to get oh, that yeah, rematch. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going. I'll go up in waiting too, and as well, and harass him if I have to. <laughs> uh, if I could just jump in uh, right here, you know, kind of piggybacking on the fight that. Or um, the statement you just said that Benavides tends to be all over the place, you know, given his youthful nature. How do you plan to, without disclosing too much of your strategy, how do you plan on diffusing kind of that youthful exuberance, you know, to keep him and settle him into your fight? Um, you know, I'm going to fight with my rhythm, you know, or my way, uh, my pace. You know, Benavides is a guy that's uh, patient. He's a patient fighter. You know, he's he seems calm, collected when he fights for a young fighter, and um, I just gotta make him uncomfortable. Move, uh, move ways that opposite of all the fighters he faced. You know, move just a different way, do everything different, and and that comes with my, you know, just my natural skill of, of and style. You know, it just normally throws most fighters off, and I think that's gonna be a, a big difference in this fight. Given that, you know, uh, I've read. Uh, some stories that Benavides has some trouble with his hands. He's been experiencing some hand issues early in his career. Do you have some things in place to, you know, kind of aggravate those injuries? Like how do you rate your chin if he happens to connect with you and he does have brittle hands? Uh, well, I think I have a pretty good chin. Uh, he may hurt his hands on my head, you know, if if he connects me. I don't know if you, if you follow my career, I'd, I never been dazed or knocked down or hurt, you know, and um uh I I just take the punches very well so Benavita is gonna see the night when he hits me with his best shots and I don't go anywhere. Uh it can start going to be a mental thing, you know. So I think Benavitas is gonna have a lot of tests in that fight that he's gonna have to pass, you know. It's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna be brand new for him come that night. As you move into the preparations of this fight you know, looking back past to the Danny Garcia fight, I think that's been a real defining moment in your recent career. A lot of people, myself included, felt that you won that fight. How difficult was it for you to pick yourself and keep yourself motivated while, on one hand, you were largely considered to have won that fight, even though the record doesn't indicate it? How how do you keep yourself up and hungry and motivated for the next fight following that? Well, you know, I, I've been used to it, so I mean, I mean, if you look at, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of 
get to me, you know, to, you know, the timing of my career, you know, with me even go back to Rizlan, you know, beating Rizlan and like, you know, getting me credit for it. And then, you know, a jury goes and beats Rizlan at the right time and, and goes out to fight for over a million for Pacquiao. So, you know, a lot of stuff I had to go through that way that, you know, still made me strong and, and still stay in the gym and just said, you know, my time will come. So when Danny came along, uh, you know, it was in Puerto Rico. So, you know, it was kind of expected, you know, that, uh, he was going to have the advantage over there on, uh, on everything. So, um, you know, going into the fight, I knew, you know, that um, that was a possibility the judges uh, would favor him. You know, the crowd and everything would kind of help him out. And uh, so after the fight, you know, I thought I won the fight, you know. And, and and you know, when we, we didn't get the decision, um, didn't really take it uh, too hard. You know, it wasn't until I got home, you know, and, and really started just feeling a little down, you know, kind of thinking what if I would have had those belts, you know. It would have been life-changing. Um, not to say that even even though I felt I won, I mean, it still changed my life in a way. But, you know, having those belts would have been something big, you know. So I think about that at times, but, I mean, I don't really let it get to me. I I know I still got a lot to prove. I'm always proving myself, uh, and I'm always getting tested. You know, they're always giving me the tough guys, and, and I've been doing my best. You know, it, it, it's hard to beat me decisively. So, I mean, I'm, I just stay motivated because um, I got to keep, I mean, nothing else to do. I got to just keep going forward, you know. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Um, let's see. You know, it's it's really not much to talk about your opponent because he's he really hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> so it's got like nothing <laughs> to gauge what the guy, you know, can bring to the table because honestly, looking at his resume, it's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really yeah. Well, the thing he got is he's young and hungry, and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't lost. So most undefeated guys that come in like that, you know, don't want Theo to go. So I'm sure he's gonna fight uh, all out. I mean, we're we're both hungry. I'm so hungry for a world title. He's hungry to get just any title right now. So uh, I think that's gonna make it a, a great night and great show. It's gonna be oh, yeah, different. Speak, yeah. yeah, speaking of uh, the world title, you you are the interim. WBA champion now the the full WBA champion or well the regular WBA champion is Jesse Vargas and he's yeah, going to be fighting just, uh, Antonio DeMarco pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't understand any of these belts. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess like I think Boom Boom Mancini said it. Hey, all these belts are how many worlds is there? So, <laughs> right. So I, I understand yeah. it, but I, but belts are good. I mean, even if they're t- you know, if you don't know what they are, but it just means you, you are getting some kind of money and you eventually want to get a world title belt. So, I mean, even an interim title is, is okay, but it's not what you really want. Um, but it looks good, and fighters like belts. So, <laughs> I mean, Benavita is up for this fight. He wants it, and um, I, but I want a world title. Yeah, so do you think you would be able to get the winner of Jesse Vargas versus Antonio DeMarco? Uh, maybe. I mean, I think that's the way it should go, right? I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, if, if you're the interim champion, you know that. I mean, it doesn't make sense for them for you to be fighting uh, on a regular basis as interim champion when the the regular champion is also fighting. Like the point of the interim yeah. title is they're not fighting, so you have to fight. But if they're exactly. fighting, they should have to defend their title against you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, before this fight, um, they were before. I guess. Um, we were talking about a Jesse Vargas fight, and then um, I don't know what happened, but uh, he eventually hooked up with DeMarco, 
And I, that's what I was saying. Hey, why didn't I get Jesse Vargas? I mean, he has that belt, the same belt. So it didn't go that way. So you know, that's why I just don't get it. I don't get how they're working. But um, who knows? Maybe we will. I will fight the winner of that if everything goes good with Benavides. Um, uh, we don't know. Or you know, there's Verslan Provokov in the future. I mean, that's a fight uh, we still love to fight. I mean, I think we uh, we can make we can put a great show on. So uh, there's there's just a lot of fights out there. I mean, it's just it's both sides I guess had to agree on it. Yeah. Speaking of Ruslan, what do you make of him fighting, you know, uh, a 479-year-old version of Jose Luis Castillo? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess the only one to take the fight. Uh, I think I guess they weren't offering any money with, you know, everybody else. You know, they were just saying everybody was turning him down, but yeah, you there was were one no of the guys, money. You were one of the guys that they said turned it down. What was up with that? Yeah. Uh, well, and and they had it backwards. You know, they turned me down. Because uh, we had we had offered Goldberg had offered them a, for me to fight on the on the uh, Hopkins card. We were supposed to fight ten, and they turned it down because the money wasn't right. Which you know they weren't being fair about it. They wanted you know a lot of money, uh, even more than the main event. You know, so they weren't being reasonable. So they I guess they went on their own and, and tried to make a fight in Russia. And then meanwhile they were looking for me for another opponent on another show. Um, with Benavides, so then they try to, um, you know, offer us something out in Russia, which was not enough money, and, you know, um, they told me a lot of things about Russia that was against me, so, uh, being, you know, drug testing and funny things going on over there, and, you know, a lot of, uh, the IRS and government, the way everything works, uh, I was not even going to get paid nearly what they were saying, so, uh, I didn't think it was worth it, it was just going to be another, you know, hometown cooking, so, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid that, those kind of things, you know. At the, the, at the, at the uh, presser here in Los Angeles, you know, Tim Bradley mentioned that he had, you know, slapped leather a few times with both of you. If you, removing yourself from the fight, if you were the analyst watching you, watching Mauricio Herrera fight Jose Benavidez, how do you see this fight, the making of this fight as the outsider looking in? Me watching uh, my, uh, myself fighting Benavides? Yes. Um, well, I think it would be an interesting fight, uh, looking at it from the outside. Um, uh, it's, it will be a tough fight. I can see it being a tough fight. Um, Benavides um, using his reach, you know, me trying to get inside, moving a lot of head movement. But, um, I think at the end, uh, I'll be the more tough and durable guy, and we'll and we'll figure things out. I think I'm, I'm older than Benavides, so I can see um, a lot of experience playing there. You know, him being young, um, they just uh, they're easy to frustrate. There's a lot of things that that can go on in there that um, I think I'm able to to handle it better. Right. I think the end result is I'll be with my hands raised. And uh, I can see it happening. It's definitely going to be a very, very interesting card. Ryan, did you have more questions for Mauricio? Yeah. Um, can you make a fight pick between Vargas and DeMarco? Uh, you know, that's going to be a good fight. It's, uh, but I, I'll lean towards DeMarco on that one. Oh, really? The, it's going with the underdog. I guess uh, Jesse Vargas fighting out of Vegas is uh, is going to hurt him. 
Oh, yeah, he's like they say, I can't, can't win a fight in Vegas with Jesse Vargas on. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like DeMarc, but I think he's tough. And um, I think it's a, it's, it's a tough fight for Jesse, but uh, you never know. But I, I'll lean towards DeMarco. Cool. Uh, who do you think poses the, the, you know, the biggest threat to you at um, junior welterweight? The biggest threat? Um yeah. I don't know. You know, I never thought about that, but um, I know Provokno is, is still a tough guy. I think I always say he's the he's a real tough guy to, just to go in. The, I mean, if you look at everybody who fought Provokno, even in, like Algeria and I that beat Provokno, still came out of the fight like a war, you know, beat up. Uh, even with mm-hmm. Bradley, and if and if you didn't, if you didn't win, if you won or you lost, either way you were hurt, you were knocked out, or you or you knew you were in a fight with them, so. I think Roslan is, you know, poses a big threat so far, you know, only because I know, because I, I, I fought him, you know, and I compare him to, you know, the guys I fought with Alvarado and Danny Garcia, you know, these other guys, Mayfield, and everybody in my career. But I see Roslan being a big threat. Um, you know, Broner's, uh, I think, is, is is a tough guy, too. Uh, he's trying to throw more punches now. You know, he before he didn't look as, you know, he didn't look, he wasn't that, that I didn't think he was that great. Now he's looking like he's getting a little better, um, but I, there's a lot of 140s out there that uh, who knows, you know, they just styles make fights, you know, and you never know. You see a guy just look so great and get in there and give you all the problems. Okay, where do you think uh, Matisse stacks up, and uh, you know the danger department? Yeah, I think Matisse is real dangerous too. You know, I think he's up there. Uh, you know, Danny Garcia is dangerous still. You know. Um, him and Matisse, I think, about the same, the same danger. Uh, if I was to find Matisse, I think it'd be the same danger as Danny Garcia. But, um, yeah, you know, I sparred Matisse, so, I mean, uh, I kind of know how he is. And, yeah, he, he's real, he, the thing is, he's a hard puncher. That's what uh, you got to kind of stay away from. Not too many boxers out there either, you know. That's the thing with these hard punchers. There's not too many boxers out there. It's going to make it hard for everybody. <laughs> how would a fight between him and... Uh... A guy like Provodnikov go. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that the day, and man, that that would be a fight of the year there. I mean, um, I don't know how well um, Matisse Chin is, but mm, Provodnikov hits really hard, and not only that, he's just quick. And um, you know, I was disappointed in Matisse when he fought Danny Garcia. He he just seemed like he was overwhelmed, or it was too much for him, and I don't know, he was just a bit shaky. But uh, if he were to fight Provodnikov, man, that I don't know, I'm, I lean a little towards Provognago, but it'll still be a hell of a fight. You never know. I agree with you. That That's pretty much the same way I see it. Absolutely. For for So for those of who are listening to the show and uh, join hearing from you tonight, you know, what's the best way they can keep up with you and, and follow you and keep up with your career? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Mauricio Hera 359 same with Instagram and uh, Twitter at Maestro. Um, yeah, follow me. Be out there, put updates on everything. And, um, yeah, we'll be ready December 13th. So, everybody, uh, I hope uh, that tunes in. You're going to see two great hungry uh, warriors whining it so bad. And uh, I think we'll put a great show and the people will be happy. Are you, before you head out to Vegas, uh, you know, during the last week or so before your fight, are you planning on having any other L.A.-based uh media opportunities or fan opportunities for them to come out and check you out before the fight? I uh, don't know yet. They haven't told me anything. Uh, 
Uh, maybe I think uh, I would have to find out. Maybe by next, if it's anything, it would probably be by next week. Uh, but then let me know, and um, I'll just put it out there. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck uh, to offer my early prediction. I predict that you go the distance with Benavides and win by decision. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing your fight. I'll be in Vegas that weekend for the fight. So I look forward to seeing you in the ring, and that's uh, my prediction you. for your fight. All right. Thank so, Ryan, you. Before yeah. we wrap you're right. So Ryan, any last last thoughts for Mauricio before um, we no, man, uh, just, sign um, off Just just keep winning, man, and uh, hopefully you'll finally get that uh, big opportunity. Oh, yeah, we will. No, thank you, guys. Thank you guys for this interview. You guys just uh, keep helping fighters get out there. Uh just want to thank you guys again. Absolutely. It's been our pleasure. All right, take care. All right, you take care. Alrighty, for those of you who are listening, of course, that was uh, Mauricio Herrera, who will be fighting against Jose Benavides on December 13th at the Cosmo in Las Vegas. So make sure you follow him on Twitter, El Maestro1, and uh, keep up with him on Instagram and on Facebook. Shout out to the good folks at Supreme Boxing uh, for connecting us with him. I appreciate you guys very much. You know, we enjoy bringing everyone to you on the ruckus, not just specific fighters. We want to talk to as many fighters as possible, and I know you'd like to hear from as many people as you can as we enjoy talking with them. So we are now, Mr. Bivens, B-I-V-I-N-S, are at the 38-minute mark of the show. Let's see. What shall we talk about? Uh, We've talked about Klitschko. We've talked about Andrade. Let's see. Laura Smith. Woo! Good. God almighty, let me get my Red Bull now. I'm exhausted just thinking about a fight between Iris Landy Lara and Ishe Smith. That fight apparently has been finalized and will be taking place on December 20th, I believe. Um, But, yeah. No, I'm sorry, December 2nd. That fight between Iris Landy Lara and Ishe Smith will be taking place on December 2nd, it will be on Showtime, a special edition of Showtime. I don't know what they're going to call it. It's going to be taking place in San Antonio, Texas. On the undercard, whew, Badu Jack versus Samuel Clarkson oh, and no, no, uh, Chris no, no. They, they changed that. They changed that. They, they originally announced it as Samuel Clarkson, but then the, the, another press release came out hours later and said that opponent is still to be determined. So apparently the, Clarkson the fell through. Oh, I see. At any rate, let's just talk about Isha Smith versus Iris Randy Lara. <sighs> Big Mike, I know you're going to call in. I know I'm going to conjure up Big Mike talking about Iris Randy Lara. However, I am going to have to get me some good rest that day before that fight comes on the air. You know, definitely going to watch it. I think Eric Landy Lara is far more skilled than Ishe Smith, but it's just I wouldn't say far. I wouldn't say far. I I think he has he has more athleticism than Ishe Smith, Um, but skill wise, Ishe is a very very crafty fighter. He's extremely underrated in that department, but his issue is not letting his hands go enough. And honestly, Lara. Doesn't let him go much either, but when he does, it, it, you know, it's real sharp, it's real fast. Ishe, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's not much to speak of on offense. But, you know, Lara, if he d- 
decides to let his hands go, it, yeah, it, it does look really, you know, really top notch. But yeah, defensively, I, I'm saying defensively, Larry. I would say, you know, I'll put this. Larry does not have a better defense than EJ Smith. I'll flat out say that he doesn't. I I just have no doubt that Ishe is going to be giving us the ugly cry at the conclusion of this fight. I'm going to be exhausted watching it. I think that Lara is going to make absolute mincemeat out of him, and it's just an interesting fight. I applaud Ishe Smith for having the heart to take that type of fight. Heart? You know, what, what do you mean heart? The guy's getting paid. It pretty much is. This is the biggest fight yeah. you could possibly get. You don't need heart to I take know, the but, biggest fight you could possibly get. Well, and it's not like he, I mean, it's not like he's worried well, about getting his ass whooped by him. You know how Ishe Smith fights. He's a very you know defensively minded fighter. The guy doesn't take beatings. Okay, it's, it's very. I I, <laughs> I go ahead. Go ahead. I beg to differ with you. It doesn't hard to take a fight like that. How many fight fighters have we seen turn down big ass dough? To, oh, well, that, that's different. That's different. Pe- people turning down large sums of money for winnable fights. That's you know, you got to not set up the Al Heyman and you know other 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 workings of the uh, the Illuminati, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, the triangle. We, I'm gonna start calling. I'm gonna start calling. I'm gonna stop calling it the Heyman Wall. Everyone calls it the Heyman Wall. I'm gonna start calling it the Triangle Defense. We're gonna now start calling Al Heyman Phil Jackson because the way he gets people <laughs> to kind of triangulate these deals, I'm gonna now start calling him the Triangle Defense because you are not getting through that defense. You will win world championships. I don't know. Maybe he's having secret meetings with Phil Jackson and Jenny Buss when we're not looking because you got fighters turning down big paydays. Whew. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Because, I mean, you know, with with Jay-Z comes a lot of clout. And you must be getting sold some, you must be drinking some delicious Kool-Aid to be turning down the biggest fights of your career. So, but back to Daryl oh, Cobb. So, I mean, you know, I there yes, Daryl Cobb, I did say heart. Ishay Smith, I never I don't think anybody felt that Ishay Smith ever lacked any heart. I mean, any fighter who gets in the ring has to have heart. But I mean, there's easier fights he could have taken. Let's be honest. You know, he has the Mayweather machine behind him. I but I presume the Mayweather that Al machine Hayman gave him what, Ryan Davis in this last fight? That was the best they could do, Ryan Davis. There's nobody lining he, up to fight Ishay Smith. The man can't get fights. I, and he's, he he's getting this fight. fight because Lara can't get fights. It's, it's two two people no, that can't get fights. That's why they're fighting each other. I disagree with you. I totally disagree with you. He can get fights all day long because he has the Heyman machine, which means he's going to get a network fight. Ooh, so there's no, always going to be. Wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about Lara now? No, we're talking about Ishay Smith. Like he's he just not with Heyman. Like, but he still has the Mayweather machine, so he kind of defeats Yeah, but you know, Mayweather promotions fights Heyman fighters. They, they they go against each other. They don't, you know. Which is why he's able to get these types of fights. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, no, that that that's why this fight's happening. I agree with you there. But um, um, how many more options does he have, you know, within Heyman stable to fight? I mean, uh, he they could make him some fights. They could make him some easier fights, and he could get some checks. Because 
Uh, just right, which Heyman fighters can he fight? Just, just list any of them. There are, there, are other, there, are other there are other fighters besides Heyman fighters. He doesn't have to necessarily fight a Heyman fighter. They could find him a, a person who with no attachment to any entity. They could find him anybody and give oh, him a name. Mayweather Promotions is like that now. They're, I, they're, I, wow, I didn't know they was gangster like that, but apparently things change. They are have you seen these crap ass cards that they put on? They are games like that. Yeah, Clearly, but, if you can yeah, see the, crap, they are crap, crap cards, but I'm cards, saying there's no possible way that people are getting paid. If you put crap ass cards much. on premium, they're not fighting on ESPN. They're not fighting on Fox Sports. When you see a Mayweather Promotions card, it's on Showtime, which that, true. the fact that it's on premium cable is you are going to get a better paycheck than somebody fighting on, say, Friday Night Fights. Honestly, I think Ishe should be fighting on Friday Night Fights, but he's not because of his affiliation. So because of that, he could get fights from pretty much any – any. he's not going to get no Lucas Matisse fight, but he's not going to get, you know, the guy who works at the laundromat around the corner either. He's going to get a decent paycheck regardless just because of his affiliation. That's what I'm saying. So he could have taken an easier fight, you know, like when they do those Battle of Little Creek or whatever they call those fights they do in Shelton, Washington, when Mayweather does these cards. They could have given him anybody. They could, like, that uh, fight, we just saw his last fight in Vegas was against, who the hell was that guy? I think, I think they Ryan just drove Davis. down the strip. In, uh, Ryan Davis. They just drove down the strip in Vegas and was like, what you doing tonight? Uh, you want to work? You want you want to make some money? Boom. Come fight this guy, Ishe Smith. And Ishe is going to get, like, a 90-10 split because of his affiliation, it's on a premium channel, and I'm I'm saying they could have found him an easier fight. So, but they gave him Iris Landy Lara, who they know is going to beat his ass. We know he's going to get his ass beat. I, I don't mean, know if Lara is going to beat his ass. I really don't know that. Um, I expect Lara to win the fight, but it's I don't think it's going to be no ass whooping like people making it out he, to be. Uh, unless unless Ishay Smith digs into him with his head, it's like a. You know, because uh, Lars and Southpaw and that awkward fighting style could be like an accidental head clash that can jack the fight up, which is very likely. Let me answer this call because I already know it's Big Mike. Big Mike, holla at us. Iris Landy, Lara, I already know it's you. Just have one question. If Lara beats, you know, Isha Smith, what's next for Lara? I mean, does you think a fight with maybe um, a, a, a um, boo-boo boxing, does that happen? Um what do you think happens after Lara? He should win this fight. I'm glad he's not on ice. So what do you think if he beats um, Ishe Smith, what do you think happens after that? I think, um, what's his name? Um, Andre should, should, should come out of hiding by then. And, uh, you know, it, it, finally he, he'd have an opponent where you know, he can get something out of beating him, you know, because Lara has a title. You know, he has the, the recognition of, you know, you know, being very unlucky against Canelo on pay-per-view. So uh, if that doesn't entice Andrade, I don't know what the hell will. Cause Andrade ain't gonna fight him. Lars a Heyman fighter, right? Lars a Heyman fighter. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. Then yeah, he ain't he ain't fighting him either. He's gonna it's gonna be the same thing. They're gonna be like, well, but you're hold gonna on, fight Charlo. This is kind of be... a big difference between Charlo and Lara. You know, Lara has a he's. He's already, you know, had his name out there for a while. You know, he has a world title. You know, it's it just, it's, it's a lot more to gain by fighting a guy like Lara than it is fighting Charlo. Mm. I think that's at that Andre, unless he does a 180 with his thinking, I think he just doesn't want, he, in case you haven't noticed, when he's been on the show with us, 
Mr. Boo Boo Boxing thinks very highly of himself and the type of fights he should be commandeering. Now, he is a champion, Lars a champion, but I don't see him. We know he's going to get the shaft on the person. We already know that just because Lara is a Heyman fighter. I could see him doing some crazy shit again and being like, nah, I ain't fighting. Nah. I want a different purse split. And Mr. Al Heyman is going to be like, boy, sit your ass down somewhere. You're going to get what we tell you to get. And I just think it's going to be the, it's going to be the same scenario to be, to, you know, to keep it all the way honest. I could see him turning that fight down too or just getting caught up in some type of purse problem. I, honestly, you know, and I feel sorry for Irislandi Lara. I think Irislandi Lara is going to be duff, you know, when he fights Isha Smith. I mean, there's no reason why Lara should be fighting someone like Isha Smith. He's a champion. He's what, gonna what are you talking about? Isha Smith is a top I, ten fighter. Isha, come on, Ryan. He's a top ten you, fighter at 154. This is not a joke. Mike, what? Yeah, let me, let me. What do you think about that? You know my you know my response when I saw that press. I was like, really? I mean, come on. Um, you might be a top ten fighter, but come on. Um, right, right. After, after the after the fight, which you know everyone knows that I thought that Larry would be Canelo. I mean, he goes from mm-hmm. Ishe Smith. Look what Canelo's about to get into. He's about to get into Cohen. And I know about all the demographics and all, and the pay per view and the money and stuff like that. I get that. I totally I totally get that. The fan, the fan bases, what have you. But Laura is a he is a boxing talent, and um, and, and it's sad. I mean, it's sad as for me as a boxing head. It's sad that you know the um, superior boxers like him and Rigo, and they they haven't they have they always have. Um, I'm not going to name one because he's not fighting right now, but they're always having problems getting big fights, and why? Because of their um, aesthetically non pleasing style. I don't think it's right. Exactly. It's Thank you. That's, that's oh, my exactly. problem. Look That's at exactly your top fighters to. in the division. It Look doesn't at matter. But yeah, it, it does matter. matter. So how are they supposed to get big fights if they just aren't there? Mayweather's not fighting there, uh, or you know, they they couldn't possibly dream of getting that fight anyways, even if he was. Um, Canelo is, uh, you know, he already got the fight with Canelo. So who else is there to fight? I mean, he. K nine is world champion again. You know he beat uh, uh, he beat Molina. You know right. So K nine, uh, uh, Carlos Molina, Ishe Smith, three guys right there, top ten guys, all pretty much no name, and one of them has a world title. So no, I mean, I'd what what big him. fights are there for him? Shit, well, I'd rather I'd see him what, fight what, what anybody else. I I I'd be honest with you. To be honest with you, and I know I'm probably going to get killed on this one. I I want I want to see a rematch with Canelo. I that's just that's me personally because um it was it was you know it was debate I mean it was debatable it was a very close fight you know and there was a lot of controversies around that if we're gonna if we're gonna kill Danny Garcia from not giving a rematch to Herrera we you know I'm sorry but Canelo should get the same exact criticism for not giving Lara a rematch and I thought yeah, you know I that's fair enough. I agree with you, too, but unfortunately, as we know, Canelo has skipped himself on well, over to the HB side of the street, so, I, know. I mean, there's that, but, you know, here, let me let me pose it, you know, just on a random tangent. Um, speaking of Canelo, now, over at HBO, who's he supposed to fight over there? Cotto. Cotto. 
Hold on. I mean, I know, but I mean, like, realistically, we know that's a fight they want to make. But I'm just saying, at 154. Um, Other than at 154. They they were going to make Claudia, and then, you know. And we see what happened. That went in the shitter. We see how how well that (laughs) that, that was. was Canelo pulled out of that fight. It wasn't Claudia. Because that was a. Kirkland, on the other hand, he 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 pretended like he didn't even know he was you know offered to fight. <laughs> no, Lord, Kirkland, Kirkland gets fights and don't even know he has fights. Kirkland <laughs> might be gonna jump right now and don't even know why. Why am I here again? Oh yeah, I fight. You know, Kirkland. So we got Kirkland, you got Cotto. Let's. I'm just saying specifically 154 because Cotto is the quote unquote lineal champion at 160. But specifically 154 over on the HBO. You got Kirkland, who never knows what the hell he's got going on, and you've got who else? Claudie, a fight that didn't come. Well, yeah, you know, Andre could also it. fight there. Andre could fight. Yeah, that's true. But do you think Canelo thought, and his people? I thought would um, Andre that? went over the Showtime though. I thought he has now. Oh. He's over with Showtime. No, oh, he's, he's look. <laughs> his his promoter is his, his banner, I think, in Star Boxing. <laughs> So right. he can go he anywhere. Can anywhere. Yeah, he doesn't have an exclusive deal with uh, any network, so he can fight hell. He can fight wherever. He can come fight my backyard. I'm going to have a fight in my backyard <laughs> one day. Watch. So, yeah, no, I knew, and Mike, I knew I was going to conjure you up as soon as I said Eris Landy Lara. I knew that was the magic word, so I was just waiting for her to see the 347 on the dashboard. I already knew. But, uh, Thanks, Big Mike. Thanks for rocking with us and uh, continue listening. We're going to talk about some other stuff now. No doubt. Thank you for that. Um, Ryan Biz, let's see. 22 minutes left. We want to start the weekend fight action, or let's see. We could talk about Andre Durrell is going to be fighting on the Stevenson undercard. We could talk about Saburn Wilder. Wow. We could talk about... Ariola is out of this goose and tribute fight that's going to happen in December because he hurt his shoulder or something. He had surgery. Um, he has a lot of injuries. We, that guy, he injures himself all the time. Well, yeah, he, you know, he boxes. So, what is, here, How about this? Let's talk about what you've been doing. Let's talk about your sparring, uh, this guy you've been sparring with uh, for his upcoming fight. Oh, yeah, Let's talk about Neil Goyko. He's, uh, he's the main event. At a Valley Forge Casino Resort on uh, this Saturday, so he, he's having an eight rounder light heavyweight division. So uh, I got paid to spar him. I think our, our last day of sparring is t- tomorrow. Yeah. How how hurt are you? Is he killing you? No, not not at all. I mean, Tanil is you know he's 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 a strong you know guy, but I'm, I'm more clever than he is, so. I, I get out of the way uh, most of the time. I hope this camp is not listening to you. That, that, you can't say you're more clever than me. <laughs> I'm not. They, they admit as much during during the sparring. Like he got more experience than me, and you know he he um he more gritty. Um, just he can get down and you know just kind of you know unload more than me. Uh, he can outwork me, but you know from Punch for punch, no, I, I, I outbox him. But it, but it, which is good because, and I also move a lot, and he he doesn't have my kind of footwork, and that's that's kind of the same same situation with his opponent. You know, he he's fighting a, a guy that's a, that's a good boxer, just going to you know 
try to you know you know circle them and uh you know just keep them at a distance so so me me as a sparring partner is uh, I, I think it should work out and and this guy is fighting uh, I don't think he's all that durable he got knocked down in his last fight and I saw the bull that knocked him out I didn't see the fight where he got knocked out but I saw the guy that knocked him out and mm-hmm. uh Tenille is is better than that guy so and should should hit just as hard if not harder so um yeah, this is uh, I, th- I think this is one of the fight for Tenille. I mean, but you're looking at their records, you know, he he's obviously the underdog because uh, he has like a sub 500 record, and uh, which is in part because he he really takes like really really tough fights. And mm-hmm. uh, let's see what on oh, the other guy, right? He he only has the one loss, but uh, he's he's kind of been in soft. All right. Well, let's see here. Let me see what this new story is. There's a story here on Boxing Scene about James Kirkland. Oh, written by my friend Ryan Burton. Shout out to my homie Ryan Burton out in Las Vegas writing for Boxing Scene. He posted a story that says, Kirkland hopes to have issues resolved next month. And let's see. Let's see what the issues are. Uh, He is quoted as saying, he did reveal that he expects to have his promotional issues resolved by the end of the month. I'm looking at getting back in ASAP. I've got a lot of things going on. I have a lot going on with my promotional company and a lot of stuff going on with particular fights that may end up happening. So I'm just anxious to get back in there as soon as possible. This what, week and next company? month, I, I, it's, right, I, I mean, SMS, right? He's a, he's a 50 guy. So here's my thing. What issues do you have if they're making you fight and you acting like you didn't know nothing about? <laughs> See, that's uh, the double speak that I don't it. understand. I don't understand that. Shout out to Ryan Burton. I mean, he's just reporting what was told to him. But I don't know what the hell James Kirkland is talking about. I want to get Ann Wolf on the show. Can somebody get me Ann Wolf on the show? I, I low key try to stalk her on Facebook to see if she can come on the show. But, I mean, if anybody is a friend of Ann Wolf, please, please get that sister on the show. I want to talk to her because I'm sure she would be highly entertaining. So I don't I don't know what James Kirkland is talking about. Oh, it just seems like James Kirkland don't want to fight. I don't know. What do you think? I, I have no comments for James Kirkland. That guy is he's out there. You don't have a comment? No, no comments for James Kirkland. Wow. All right. Well, he's not a commentator, so I thought maybe you might have a comment. <laughs> well, he, okay. he's not fighting. It's just it pretty much just whoever isn't fighting, okay? Now, commentators right. are obviously at the top of the list because they damn sure don't fight. But right. um, Kirkland is just kind of... I don't, know, I don't know what category to put him in, but I don't think he's all there mentally. Yeah. Speaking of, when is uh, Jermaine Taylor going to get back in the ring? <laughs> oh, that's cold. <laughs> What's going on with him? What happened with his his legal situation? Have he gone to court yet? I haven't seen any more in the media right, yeah, about no, Jermaine Taylor think, shooting yeah. people. Uh, right. I, I don't think the court dates happened yet. Yeah, things that make you go, hmm, what happened to the, to the murder case? Or the, I shot the sheriff, but I didn't shoot the deputy. Or however you want to. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know who he was. Oh, it was the cousin. 
You know, what happened? What happened to Jermaine Taylor's court case? I don't know. Let's talk about the weekend. Let's get into the weekend action before I get an email banning me from fight events. Let me shut up for talking too much. But coming up this week, November 20th in Studio City, it's uh, Ooh, wait, 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 wait. I got to cover Wednesday first. Now, I know this won't be televised, but the great Ali Ramey, who has a stupendous 23-fight, 23-knockout record, um, it was all in the first round up until, like, fight 21. I think that was the last one. Uh, I cover him in my article on, on badcoach.net. Um, it's in the archives now, but you can look it up. You know, greatest knockout records of all time. Ali Ramey's on there, and uh, he is having a fourth fight. Fourth fight. He's already knocked out the guy three times, but he's having a fourth fight with a guy named Prince Maz, and apparently it's going to be for a vacant um, UBO world uh, world title. So, uh, mm. wow. It's going to be he could call himself yeah. world champion. This guy only fights in Yemen. Um he hasn't no. fought anybody that you would have, you know, seen on television or anywhere, really. Uh, but most of them have been undefeated. Like, the only guy with losses on his record is Maz because Maz is, uh, has fought him three different times. So now he has three losses. <laughs> but, that's not uh, telling yeah. me why in hell I'm undefeated. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not telling me nothing. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I, I just can't believe a guy has, has gotten this far. I mean, he, he literally set a world record and didn't, never had to fight anybody that anyone ever heard of to do it. And now he, <laughs> he, he, he's having a quadrilogy with a guy that he already beat three times. That's and nice. he's, he's, he's getting the world title for it. So, wow. Quadrilogy. <laughs> I have to... Great. I have to find some reason to put that in my vocabulary tomorrow, quadrilogy. Great word. Great word. I'm going to figure out where I need to use that word at. Thank you, Ryan. Always just so chock full of good information. You're so intelligent. Stop all that sparring. I need you to keep the the brains intact. Keep the brains intact. Well, you know, know, I'm not entirely sure if it's supposed to be quadrilogy or tetralogy. It doesn't doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. I'm going to use it anyway. I'm just going to find some reason to use it, you know, on a future show. You know, if Marquez fights Pacquiao again, we can say quadrilogy. No, no, no. no. They already fought four times. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's already been <laughs> Let's see. Is there anybody else who's still fighting? I don't know. Maybe if you and I get into it over predictions, it'll be a quadrilogy. Because I think we've only really gotten into it hot and heavy for like three times. Or even if it's not three yeah. times, I'm just going to say three times just so I can say quadrilogy. Only one I that's remember is the, uh, the, the, the Pavekin one. Pavekin and Klitschko. That, that's the one I remember. Yeah. Well, there's that one, and then that's when, and then it was the one when y'all tried to ether me about Tavoris Cloud and Adonis Stevenson. That was a great moment in Ruckus history, too. I took much pleasure in that. I don't remember that. that. I, I don't yeah, remember of course you don't. <laughs> of course you don't. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. But at any rate, we are 12 minutes remaining. Let's look at Thursday. what we got going on here. Yeah, you can Thursday the 20th, Studio City. Uh, 
Badalecka Lodge, uh, card being offered, club card being offered by Goosen Promotions. Rest in peace to uh, the late, great Dan Goosen. Uh, I'll be attending this card. It's being lined by Lydell Rose versus Miguel Angel Fuerza. And uh, Wale Omotoso versus Abraham Alvarez is in the co-feature. Look, ooh, wait, there's a lot of fights on this card. I'm gonna, it's going to be a long night. I'm going to be in the back. Yeah, Sean, Sean Estrada's uh, coming back. Yeah, that's a wow. Sean Estrada, Alfredo Contreras. We got Wilkie Camport versus Richard Gutierrez. Mario Barrios versus Juan Sandoval. Thomas Hill versus Thais Harris. Fabian Maidana. There's a lot of people on this card. Hell, I might be on this card. There's so many people fighting on this card. So I'll be there on Thursday night. If anybody listening is going to be there on Thursday night, come holler at me. Although more than likely, most of the people listening to this show don't even live in California. So I don't know. If any of my Cali-based people are going to this, I look forward to seeing you. Um, on the 21st, BN Sports, Ryan's new favorite outlet for watching fights because they've been putting on some good fights lately. On the 21st, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Felix Diaz versus Adrian Granados uh, with the co-feature event Claudio Marrera versus Juan Antonio Rodriguez in the featherweight division. Ty Cobb, huh? Ty Cobb, I like that name, is on this card. So that's what we got being being sports on the 21st. Uh, club card happening. That's another Iron Mike Productions card. So they they moved yeah. over to uh, being you know they were on uh, Fox Sports One for a while, but mm-hmm. I guess Golden Boy took up too many of the dates. So hey, I'm, I'm happy they found a home at being. That's awesome! Shout out to Iron Mike. I want Iron Mike to come on the show too. That would be just <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Man, yeah, right. <laughs> if, if you know me, I'm crafty. If there is some way I could ever get Mike Tyson on the ruckus, you couldn't tell me beep. So. Don't you know? You never know. I'm, I'm very crafty and I'm very nice and sweet when you talk to me. So you just never know. Um, yeah, I watch his show, his his cartoon, Iron Mike Mysteries. Uh, I have a DVR. I watch it every week. It's it's mm-hmm. totally ridiculous, but I I have to smile watching it. <laughs> I I mean, you know, it's on Adult Swim. You know, it wasn't going to be no. It wasn't going to be SVU. So if you're not watching it, watch it. It's hilarious. Let's see, more non-broadcast fights. Of course, on the 22nd, going down in Macau, Manny Pacquiao versus Chris Algieri. You know, we've talked ad nauseum about this, and we're not going to talk too much about it, but there's one thing I do want to say about this fight that has made it a little bit more interesting to me. And, Ryan, I want your opinion. Since you fight, you can address this. Now, during the, the show that was on this week, or last week, the Under the Lights with Max Kellerman that had Tim Bradley and Virgil Hunter on, there was something that Virgil said that was very, very interesting to me, and as a layperson, I wouldn't know this. He was talking about Algeri's method of defense and how when he stands when he fights, he keeps his left hand pointed to the ground, and he said that Algeri should more have his hand out and utilize his reach, have his foot placed in a certain way, and have his head a certain way so that he creates, in essence, three lines of defense. Right. As a, as a fighter... Is this something you can correct at this point in the game? Because if it's something that's already kind of in your fighter DNA, is that something you can correct? Is that something that can be taught by another trainer? Um, you know, fighters gradually learn. Um, making big adjustments, because I, I do think that would be a big adjustment, uh, is unlikely. But 
I mean, that's definitely something he can pick up down the line. But I, I, I doubt you're going to see that in the, the Pacquiao fight. And subsequently, that's why I doubt you'll see him win the fight. But mm. if he could fight, if he could fight the way that Virgil, you know, says to fight Manny Pacquiao, Pacquiao is in some serious shit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it really would be hard to get on a guy that's that much taller and longer than you. If he's he's always mm-hmm. got a jab on you, he's always on the right angle, and his feet are in the right place. I don't, I don't care how fast you are, you know, Pacquiao mm-hmm. is he just would wouldn't be able to get inside. Okay. Let me pick up this call. Looks like we have a caller. Shout out to my wife. Oh, caller. Oh, caller. I'm sorry. I was picking up the call, but I lost you. So if you're calling from the 215, Philly, stand up, you know, call in again, and I'll pick up the call. I was just picking up the call. But of all the things that I, I like the under the light thing, I liked it better than face off because face off is not good unless you have two big personalities. And I really liked how Tim Bradley, and shout-out to Tim Bradley, who was our guest last week on the Ruckus, how I liked the chemistry with him and Virgil and Max. Well, maybe, I don't know, not Virgil so much. Virgil didn't say too much, but Tim Bradley was pretty good. You know, they might want to consider putting him on the desk sometime. But I liked the way that show was organized, that other show that they do apparently is on during our broadcast. And maybe I'll watch it. I think they should, uh, you know, replace Andre Ward with Tim Bradley. Mm. Why not? Tim Bradley actually fights. <laughs> yeah, and then but, that, uh, maybe that'll get Andre Ward back in the ring. Maybe, maybe. But I, I like that show. I, I Was that the first time? that I don't remember seeing that no, show yeah, it's the before. First time. It's the first time. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought I was crazy, but I really I liked the whole setup. I even liked the the background music in the show. It was really well done. Um, I enjoy that much much more than the fight game, which apparently is on right now while we're broadcasting. So, uh, kudos to Max Kellerman and Tim Bradley and uh, Virgil Hunter for that show. I might watch it again. It was pretty good. If you missed it, you can watch a full episode of Under the Lights on Backculture dot net and see what I'm all geeked about and see what I'm talking about. But it was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, of the Pacquiao-Algeri fight, I will offer my prediction now. I will say Manny Pacquiao by decision. I don't think he's going to knock Chris Algeri out. You know, it would be very exciting and interesting if Chris Algeri was able to pull out a victory just because it's such a spoiler, but I just don't see it happening. Um, of course, Xu Ming, I'm not going to even bother. We already know he's going to win his fight. Wait, he's fighting for 12 rounds? Yeah. Wow. He's trying, he's, trying to, he's trying to fight for a world title. Check him out. He's going to fight for 12 rounds. Well, a scheduled 12 rounds. Wow. Very good. Um, also, we got Vasil Lomachenko, Vasily Lomachenko, I want to pronounce his name correct, against Chan Lastar Perayapino. Wow, that's pretty good. It's for the uh, WBL featherweight title. They wouldn't make this fight for Lomachenko if they didn't think he was going to win the fight, so... I expect to no, see no, the guy is fighting. There's, there's no chance. I, I saw him. Nope. I saw his uh, his fight with Chris John, and this was Chris John on the slide. Um, he he gave Chris John a mediocre fight, like an eight to four kind of fight. Um, he had John hurt at one point, but he's just too crude, and he ran out of gas. That was, I think he he could have stopped John if he didn't run out of gas, but he ran out of gas. So, Let me pick uh, up this caller. We, wow, we got somebody calling from the Los Angeles area. 
amazing. You are on with the ruckus. Who am I speaking to? Hey, how you doing, ruckus? This is Art. Mindset. Champions do. Back in the house. Champions do. What's going on, Mr. Champions do? Let me get your prediction. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. I just want to really say a shout-out to Marisa Herrera, and I wish him all the best. He got the mindset for sure. He's doing what things what champions do right now. He's doing some amazing training. So I just want to say what's up to Marisa. Shout-out to Supreme Boxing and all them boxers out there, you know, doing what they do, what champions do, having that mindset to the game. Let me get, you, let me get your um, prediction this weekend for Pacquiao Algeri. How do you see it going? You know, I, I just see that, you know, first of all, Algeri, my, my, my pop to him, my respect. You know, this guy was unknown in the scene, and he came in, and he got the Pacquiao fight. So, and he was, I mean, amazing fight when he fought Kovanikov, um, you know. I mean, he gets down in the first first round, black guy. I mean, that's exciting. You know, you think, uh, you know, after the first or second round, the fight is over. But, no, he came back. He won the fight. So, you know, pops out to Algeri uh, for this fight coming up with the Pacquiao, Algeri fight. I just think that, uh, uh, you know, Pacquiao has a little bit too much speed. Uh, he, you know, a lot of experience, and he's still very fast, you know. So I, I kind of want to say uh, I'm going with Pacquiao. If I had to put my money on, uh, in, somewhere in Vegas, I'll put it on, my, on Pacquiao. All right. Thank you. We got under two minutes left, so we got to recap the show. But thanks for calling in, champion. All right. Too. I also want to say that's right. That's right. Shout out to Team Crawford fighting uh, in two weeks, Omaha, Nebraska. Representing, that's it. Nice talking to you guys. Chapters do. Mindset. Talk to you. All right. So now we, uh, okay, so the last fight that we got to talk about on the card, Jesse Vargas versus Antonio DeMarco. We already heard that uh, Mauricio Herrera is picking Antonio DeMarco as the winner of this fight. We didn't ask Devin Alexander for his prediction on the fight. Ryan, your prediction. We are fighting outside of Vegas, but we are fighting in China's version of Vegas. Jesse Vargas, Antonio DeMarco, Roy in the corner. How are you calling it? Quickly. I like I like Jesse Vargas, honestly. All right. I am going to also go with Jesse Vargas by decision. I don't see him knocking out Antonio DeMarco. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a closely contested one, but I also take Jesse Vargas by unanimous decision. Uh, also happening on the 22nd, another BN Sports car, Taka, Takashi Miura versus Ed for the WBC junior lightweight title, and uh, Roman Gonzalez Chocolatito versus Rocky Fuentes for the WBC. Oh, I didn't even know BM was picking that up. That's great. But that'll be on, yeah. see, it'll be live very early that morning because it's in Japan. So mm-hmm. by the time you see it on TV, it'll have been long since over. Okay, and then we got one minute remaining left. Uh, broadcast fight on AWE: Nathan Cleverly versus Tony Bellis. Uh, Scott Quigg versus Hidenori Otaki for Quigg's uh, junior featherweight title. Jamie McDonald versus Javier Chacon for the regular WBA bantamweight title. Anthony Anthony Joshua fighting again for the 857th time this year, fighting on that card in England. And also James DeGill is going to be fighting Marco Antonio Paravan on this card. George Groves is fighting on this card. This is a packed card happening What's in What's the pay-per-view Liverpool. over in the U.K.? It's a pay-per-view right, it's gonna, Yeah, that's a big card. So, you know, shout-out to our folks across the pond. You know, put the stream up first so we can see. I mean, put put it on YouTube. So we well, can, no, it's, so it's, we it's can on Love TV. You know, you can watch it on the the AWE TV site. 
Oh, that's right, that's right. So, yeah, that's coming up with uh, 14 seconds left. Thank you again to our guest, Devin Alexander, Lisa, Mauricio Herrera, my co-host, Ryan Bivens. Uh, we'll be back next week, and good night. We're out. <laughs>